From COK Studios in Peter Sagal's pantry, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. On today's show, we'll consider the effect Bernie Sanders is having on the 2016 presidential campaign. We'll also consider new versions of classic fairy tales written by the National Rifle Association in our Book Look segment. And we'll consider why my stigmata just won't heal. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from ZoomTripTravelBot.com, now with new friendly fetus frequent flyer trips to Ohio, Indiana, and Texas. We may not be pro-choice, but we're pro-amazing travel for your unborn child. ZoomTripTravelBot.com. Tell them Peppo the vacationing zygote sent you. And the Merrick Garland Foundation. Helping people cope with not getting dream jobs they've worked their entire lives for due to bureaucratic bullshit. Visit ConfirmMe.org for more information. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. Regardless of what happens at the convention, when people look back on this 2016 Democratic primary, Bernie Sanders won't be dismissed as a gadfly or a fringe candidate as he was treated at the beginning of the campaign. Sanders has already had a major impact on the Democratic Party and on Hillary Clinton. He's also changed how they talk about the issues he's cared about most for the last 40 years. Income inequality, regulation of Wall Street banks, and power and influence in politics. Even though Sanders has a narrow path to the nomination, he's going to win sweeping victories in lots of places over the next two months, much as he already has in Alaska, Utah, Washington, Vermont, and others. Even the animal kingdom is feeling the burn. I investigated whether Bernie Sanders' phenomenon will survive if he loses the nomination to Hillary Clinton. Right now, in the Democratic race, the pledged delegate count is 1,243 for Hillary Clinton and 975 for Bernie Sanders. Sanders faces a tough road ahead, despite big wins over the weekend. Sanders has had some scenarios for victory over Clinton, but... Everything would have to go right for him to overtake her. It's too bad because he's done a lot to get people motivated to vote. Lonnie Wilson is a campaign strategy expert who has worked with John Kerry and Chuck Schumer, and she's amazed at the effect Sanders has had on the campaign. What Sanders has done, coming from virtually nowhere, is remarkable, and he's had an effect on Clinton. She definitely would have preferred to focus on Republicans and moderate her message to appeal to the middle. Instead, she's had to look left because Bernie has forced the issue. Well, is Sanders' defeat inevitable? It seems that way just purely based on the numbers. Also, I think Hillary Clinton will do literally anything to win. Anything. I bet she'd eat a giant bag of spiders if the voters told her to. Or lick the floor of a subway car or wear a shirt made out of hair. I think we get it. Wilson says that what Sanders has done likely guarantees him a prominent slot at the convention and ensures that the issues he cares about deeply will have to be considered important by Clinton. But that's not the mentality that Sanders is showing to his supporters. Our message is very popular. We can't allow these millionaires and billionaires to hijack our country. We're reaching people and getting them motivated to be part of our revolution. Do you really think you can win enough delegates to justify staying in this race? I'm representing the real people. While Hillary Clinton was off playing grab-ass with George Clooney, I was connecting with citizens who want more from their politicians. I was connecting with the animal kingdom. 
Birds are coming out of the trees to join the revolution. It's only a matter of time before dogs and cats are standing with us too. Not even Obama could organize the animals. I'm like freaking Dr. Doolittle over here. Let's just say that hypothetically you don't get the required delegates. Would you support Mrs. Clinton? I'm sure you're like a lot of people who thought that my yelling and bad old man breath would be discouraging voters, but they're not. You can't stop the revolution. Revolution! Millionaires and billionaires! Revolution! Top 1%! Birds! Revolution! As Senator Sanders devolved into shouting his talking points, it struck me that no matter what happens in the next group of primaries, Sanders is going to fight on into June. And even if he doesn't pull off the majorities he needs and rally more people and animals to his cause, in a way, he's already won. For COK News, I'm Cordell Nutbrock. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to Book Look. Lynn Ruffle is back with us today to discuss how the National Rifle Association is rewriting some classic fairy tales to include more firearms. Welcome back, Lynn. Happy to be here, Connor. Now before we get to the NRA's updated fairy tales, I just want to congratulate you on your recent award. (laughs) Thank you, but it was really a team effort. Well, tell our listeners about it. The library that I work in won the 2016 Dewey Award for Quietest Library. We've worked very hard over the past few years to make sure our branch was eerily quiet. It's probably the most prestigious award a library can win, other than Best Information Kiosk. Now, that's really great, Lynn. Can I ask you how you got your library so quiet? It's about cultivating an environment of respectful silence so that everyone who enters knows they have to be very, very quiet. And how do you do that? Shushing. Lots and lots of shushing. Fair enough. Now let's discuss the NRA's new takes on classic stories. Yes. Frankly, I was appalled when I heard that they had updated well-known fairy tales to include guns. I'm no stranger to fan fiction and changing classic stories and books, but this is too far. Agreed. Gun control advocacy groups have decried the stories for advancing gun culture, while gun rights advocates have mocked liberal objections to the stories, pointing to the sheer horror of the original tales. Mm -hmm. I spoke to Scott Browning, who is the NRA's marketing VP, about the new fairy tales. We're very excited about our new children's stories because they capture the fun and magic of guns and, and gun ownership. It's funny, because when I read your versions of Hansel and Gretel and Little Red Riding Hood, they were actually less violent and disturbing than the original stories. Well, exactly. The presence of firearms in our versions diffuse potentially violent altercations rather than escalating them, just like firearms always do. Little Red Riding Hood is safe from the wolf because she has her trusty AR-7 rifle with her. Just knowing that she's got a gun gives the wolf pause, and when he gets to Grandma's house, He's got another surprise waiting for him. Oh, you mean Grandma's shotgun? Yes. Uh, Guns protected both women from eating eating. It's just like in real life. Guns save lives. So, be like Red and her grandmother, kids. Get a gun and carry it with you wherever you go. Do you feel like these stories will be successful in advocating gun ownership? Absolutely. It's all part of our Fun Friday feature on our website. Since it's so popular, we're going to expand it into a new program called Reading is Gundamental. I always read with a gun in my hand. I, I use the barrel to turn the pages. Hmm. 
Are you planning any more new versions of old favorites? Oh, yes, we are. We're doing Goldie Glocks and the Three Bears, uh, Sleepy Newsy, uh, Rifle Stillskin, and a whole series of stories featuring Clifford the Big Red Gun. I understand you're a writer, Miss Ruffle. Oh, I have written some books, yes. I really loved your Red Sunset Saga. <gasps> Why, thank you. It seems as if the NRA won't just be stopping with Little Red Riding Hood has a gun, and Hansel and Gretel have guns. Well, I guess they think there's an audience out there for these stories. Yes, they do. Are you writing anything right now, Lynn? Actually, I am. I was just asked to update a favorite story of mine. Really? What's it called? Little Women with Big Guns. I'm surprised at you, Lynn. I'm sorry, Connor, but awards for Quietest Library don't pay the bills. But Lynn, you just... Sh- sh- That was Book Look with Lynn Ruffle. That's all for this edition of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit our website, considerourknowledge.com. You can get breaking news from our team on Twitter, at ConsiderOurKnow, and don't forget to like us on Facebook. You can download the podcast at Stitcher Radio at Stitcher.com and at iTunes. Leave us a review at iTunes and rate the podcast so we can get more followers. If you'd like to donate to Consider Our Knowledge, go to our homepage and click the Support COK button. There you can go to Patreon and make a secure $5 monthly donation to your favorite NPR parody podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Wilson says that what Sanders has done likely guarantees him a prominent slot at the convention and ensures that the issues he cares about will... Oh, drat. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable.